Welcome to the Nutrition Revolution. Make us your one-stop shop for all things related to nutrition. We will remove the confusion, debunk the myths, and provide you with experts and thought leaders in the nutrition industry. Here's your host, Melissa Dunnings. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Revolution. I am Melissa Dunnings and I'm here today with Dr. Jennifer Edwards. How are you doing today, Dr. Edwards? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. How are you coping being indoors these days? Not bad, not bad. We are definitely making the most of it and trying to enjoy each other's company and staying positive. So thankfully, you know, I don't take it for granted, but thankfully everything is okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it greatly. So let me tell you a little bit, Dr. Edwards. Dr. Edwards is a leader in wellness and, and business. She is a fourth generation entrepreneur and she helps women reverse burnout and restore balance through her online experience, coaching, and refined healthcare. Refine represents a bold, conscious beauty movement supporting the wellness of accomplished multicultural women. She's also the creator of the Wealthy, W-E-L-L-T-H-Y, the Wealthy Academy for work-life wellness, and she hosts the Live Well podcast, which helps her continue her mission of being an advocate for women. She is a Howard University grad and lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband and her two children. Wow, that's a heck of a life there. It seems busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, never a dull moment. I'm grateful and I I try to stay meaningfully productive. (laughs) Meaningfully productive. So one thing that really stood out in your bio was the word work-life wellness. Because I don't believe in balance. (laughs) How did you come up with the phrase work-life wellness? Right. It's an important phrase to consider. I had to think about where did I want to contribute in this entire wellness narrative? There are so many different aspects of wellness. And for me, as you just read, I have a lot of commitments relating to work, but I also do have a family. And what I have found is the most meaningful aspect of wellness for me, is to focus on how do you do work and life well, which includes important things like nutrition and how you're balancing all of your commitments. And by balance, like you said, it's a tricky word. It does not mean do all the things all the time and do it well. No, I don't think that's realistic. But work-life wellness just allows us to be the most effective we can with all of our competing responsibilities, which I feel is a challenge that so many of us face. Definitely, definitely. And although your bio was quite extensive, is there anything else you'd like to add or tell us about yourself? I think that's a good start. I love answering questions and what's most meaningful for you to talk about and your community to talk about. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about me later, right? Okay, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So you have a PhD. So what led you to this wellness arena? Yes, that's a great question. I have been committed to health and wellness most of my life. I had some early family experiences that involved significant medical events, deaths, and that always stuck with me. And I wanted to know, how can I contribute to this? How can I 
make the picture look different later on. And that was my core motivation starting off. You know, I was the seven-year-old kid that wanted to give a bone marrow transplant to my dad, you know, and so over time, I learned about all the different aspects of medicine and wellness and figured out where do I fit in? You know, I didn't really personally fit in as a physician. I more so landed on things like wellness and talking about being an advocate for women and our challenges. And so kind of the social justice aspect of wellness and the lifestyle aspect of wellness also, and just really stay centered on that mission now. So I found my place just based on motivation from a really young age. Really, really. So my background is finance and accounting, but my dad got sick and I wanted to pivot in some way. And I was like, how can I enter this world of health and wellness and not become a doctor. So I did what I, yeah, so I get to work with people on a daily basis and improve from the inside out. That's really, I found that's my calling, definitely. Amazing. There are so many, so many options to contribute in wellness. So that's great that you found the niche that works for you. And it's so important to support ladies with nutrition. So we mentioned the Wellness Academy in your bio. So tell us what it is, what led you to create it, and the impact that you're having. Right. Thanks for asking about that. All of the work I do just truly stems from the need to support women and the many challenges that we face. And we're just so resilient. And I wanted to support ladies in that space, particularly those of us who might feel like we're at a breaking point, so to speak. And so that's where the Wealthy Academy comes in. And thanks for spelling that out. It's W-E-L-L-T-H-Y. And we specifically talk about reversing burnout and restoring what can be a realistic type of balance or integration of your work commitments and your life commitments and how you engage in behaviors that promote your health. And so I get the opportunity through this online course to really hack into the details of lifestyle to help ladies identify where their gaps are. And then I support ladies through one-on-one coaching in terms of helping get back to a place of feeling not burned out. And part of this is really looking into the things that you do well. Part of it is looking into the kind of foods you consume and why, mostly. So I I focus on that cognitive behavioral aspect of wellness, the thinking and the doing part, where we center on why are you putting a whole box of cookies in your mouth? Let's get to the root of that, talk through that so you can do something differently. Why are you working 80 hours a week? Is that what you want to do? And so everything is about reflection and support to often come back from a place of feeling like this is too much, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed out. Because as you know, stress can cause a multitude of illnesses. And by the time we get to the doctor for it, we're talking about treatment. Whereas early on, stress is altering our hormones, it's affecting our indicators like our blood pressure, for example. And so if we can intervene early with things like effective eating habits and healthy behaviors, then we don't have to get to 
the point of going to the ER because we're having a heart attack. So it's truly in the Wealthy Academy, a holistic approach to wellness, where we're talking about all of our commitments and how we can do things better. We're all on the journey together. It's something I personally practice. I, I definitely don't claim to be perfect there and helping ladies to get restored. So it's, it's more of a, a root cause analysis. Right. Yeah. I'm a researcher. That's what I've got to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. So, you know, there's no better time to discuss like wellness and well, restoring balance and reversing burnout that in the midst of the stay-at-home order that we've been dealing with with this COVID-19 crisis. So how does one identify burnout and certain signs or triggers or signals? Right. That's a great question. And uh, we do talk about this in the Wealthy Academy as well. You really want to be in tune with your body and with your mind in terms of how you're interacting with people. That's often one of the first signs of being burnt out. If you notice that you're not being as kind as you normally are, if you're feeling more tense in your interactions, and then internally, if you're starting to feel like your fight or flight response is elevated and so you feel triggered more quickly, that's also a sign. And then there's some ladies that kind of tend toward the other end of the spectrum where uh, they just want to sleep all the time. So if you notice you're gravitating toward just needing more and more alone time, sleeping more, you know, it looks different in everyone. So it's really important to be in tune with yourself. And then as someone that is guiding ladies through an online coaching experience and then a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience, I'm very careful to ensure that I refer women to licensed counseling, if that's appropriate, because burnout is a mental health condition that was, um, and it should not be stigmatized. Yeah, you know, it should not be stigmatized. It is something to be aware of and to get support for. And so if I see that ladies need that, then I certainly connect them with the appropriate services. But burnout is real, you know, and this comes from me as a mom who just ate dinner locked in my bathroom two days ago. <laughs> so I understand. So is it more acute or can it last for a longer period of time? It starts off as acute symptoms because of things that have gone on for a long time. So burnout is really that tipping point where you might have dealt with too much or had too many commitments and responsibilities or been in a toxic environment for far too long. And then when you reach the point of burnout is when you are officially ineffective and it's starting to impact your day-to-day -day life in terms of how you function. That's the sign of, okay, burnout has hit. And then in terms of living that out, particularly if things last longer than about six weeks, it's time to really seek professional counseling, even if it's for short-term support or um, medication. Sometimes we need medication to just get back on track a little bit. So the length of time does matter. So that was a really important question. So is it more prevalent in certain demographics or socioeconomic groups? Right. Stressors absolutely impact populations 
that are consistently marginalized. And so now we're kind of teetering in that social justice aspect of wellness that I love to talk about also, in that chronic stressors or stressful environments like work or being worried about whether or not you're going to be employed, which is, you know, can be a consistent problem, absolutely can contribute to burnout. And there are certain populations to keep it PC that do experience this more often than others. And it is real. Historical trauma is real. I absolutely believe that. Careers. Do we see it more prevalent in certain careers over others or is just the way we handle it individually? Right. So the way we handle it as individuals is important. If we're able to get a hold of our stress early and recognize when we are stressed and get realistic about what do we have control over and what do we not? Because often that can solve a lot of our stress. If we're able to make peace with what's in our control and work on that, that can solve a lot of our challenges. But it's, it's just really important to be mindful of where you are and what's your full context and how can you meaningfully spend your time. It's not productive to try to control other people. It doesn't get us anywhere. And if you're able to stand firm in who you know you are, when people are addressing you in a way that can be triggering or, you know, kind of create that fight or flight response, you're able to be a little more peaceful and manage the stress that way too. Does that answer your question? Is that, is that what you were? So we talked about the identification, the impact. So let's talk about the restoring and the balance back and reversing the burnout. Yeah, you have to first recognize that you're in that space. And so that's why that root cause analysis is important. And then take measures to restore yourself. And so it's no good if you know the problem, but don't address it. And the way it gets addressed could be different for everyone. Restoration for some. Uh, And we're particularly seeing this during the times of the COVID-19 pandemic restoration for some is being around a lot of people and just having a good time and socializing. Restoration for others is I need quiet time. I want to read a book. Let me go on a vacation by myself to the beach somewhere or on a hike somewhere. And so what restoration looks like for each person will differ. The key is to do something actionable for yourself every day. Do one thing that is focusing on yourself every day. And that's not coming from a selfish place. It's coming from a place of, you know, we can't pour from an empty cup. We have to be able to fill ourselves first, fuel ourselves well first with food, make those good choices for ourselves so that we can be an example for those around us, but also so that we can be our best. And so start the restoration small, If you can go larger as the extrovert and eventually have a big party, great. If you can take a solo trip as the introvert, great. But at least start with pouring into yourself. Recognize, restore. Yes, absolutely. So recognizing that we are currently in a state of stress and self-care. Correct. That's right. I know everyone's a little different. And when we do these things... What do we see uh, happen if we we do experience more self-care? 
Could it be months? Like, I like going for a swim. <laughs> and that's like my self-care. Is that going to be something that I'm going to see an immediate impact from? Or is it may be months and I may have to go talk to a professional about it. Right. Sometimes we can absolutely restore ourselves. And that's where coaching comes in. For example, if we catch ourselves early enough, we absolutely can restore ourselves. And so it can take time because it took time to get to the point of burnout. Remember, it's been an accumulation of maybe little things over months, over years, maybe a few big things over months that get us to the point of burnout. So we don't rebound right away. It is going to take some time, but it does start to happen. And you will gradually notice changes in yourself. And especially if you take some intentional steps that I certainly talk about with ladies, you're able to see, look, I started doing this differently and now I'm starting to feel better. And then you might look back six months later and say, wow, I'm in a really different place than I was six months ago. Daily one shift. That's right. That's right. But it does take time because it took time to get to the point of being burned out. Definitely. Thank you so much for those actionable tips for us. So I always like to ask someone about their nutrition nugget. So it is, if you were in your 20s and you only knew one thing about your wellness, or, or you could tell yourself in your 20s one thing about your wellness, that would help save you a lot of frustration as you grew older. What would that one thing be? Oh, that's a good one. Step away from the brownies. <laughs> I think that's what I would tell myself. You know, in the 20s, your food choices are important. They don't necessarily impact you immediately. And then as we age, they become more important. And we have to be more strict about the things that we're eating. And chronic disease risk goes up when we hit mid-30s. And so it's just really important to be mindful of our nutrition. And so I know now that even the smallest of changes can make a big difference in your wellness, in your weight, for example. And so for me, those changes are maybe pass up that cookie if you get a veggie sandwich at Subway, for example. You know, make one change that can absolutely support your health. And that does start young. If, if you can change your habits early, it's that much easier later on to keep them up. Definitely. That is so true. So true. Because uh, when you get older, 30s and 40s, things don't happen so quickly anymore. They sure don't. They sure don't. And we build those habits in our, in our 20s, in our, you know, our upbringing. And it's hard to break when you're you know, 30 and 40 years old. Definitely. Right. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our, our listeners with? Well, thank you for giving me this time to speak with you and your listeners. Everyone is just so important and we're all on our independent journeys, but I just like for us all to remember that we're in here together and I'm absolutely available to support you ladies and work toward wellness in an attainable way. It does not have to be complicated. You can start now and make small changes now. And where can our listeners find you? Oh, I'd love to continue the conversation. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Jen Edwards, and I have a diary on my website at jenphd.com. Okay. 
I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for imparting so much knowledge upon us today. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is important work. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Nutrition Revolution. Join us every Tuesday for a new episode. Visit our website at nutritionrevolutionwithmd.com for our show notes and to access resources we discussed in this episode. Remember to download and subscribe to The Nutrition Revolution. Until next week, live a healthy and happy life.